You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked On Box. I am your host, Kane Pittman. Still here, 24 hours after the debacle in Boston, as I am going to go ahead and call it. Hopefully, everyone's feeling a little bit better about the Bucks after that loss in Boston because they're going to be right back at it tonight. They flew to Florida after the game in Boston. Hopefully, they had a day in the sun to recover and, and feel pretty good about themselves because they're going to be back against the Magic tonight. Tip off at 6 p.m. in all the usual places you watch. But for today, I've got a pretty special guest that I'm excited to talk to. He's someone that uh, I met in my travels in Wisconsin last year, certainly amongst basketball fans in this state. He will be a well-known name. I will get to him in a second. We're going to talk about the Bucks start to the season. We're going to talk about the guest journey through basketball over the last 20 years. And then we're also going to talk some general NBA. We're going to talk fights in the NBA. We're going to talk about Steph Curry and the Warriors and whether anyone is actually upset about the fact that they're losing. We're going to get to a bunch, a whole bunch of stuff as we get everyone set for this game tonight in Orlando. But before I get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at endochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. All right, so as I said, we do have a special guest today for this Friday episode. He is the former Wisconsin basketball star. He's also a former coach of the Wisconsin Herd, coaching staff member of the Wisconsin Herd, and now a media star, Brian Butch. How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I like how you put media star. I don't know about. I don't know if any of us are media stars, but uh, we, we get a chance to uh, to watch the game and give everyone our thoughts. So I, I guess maybe, but I don't know about that whole media star. Well, let's. The, we can start there then. Let's talk about. I know you just uh, announced on Twitter that you you got an, a, a new role, which sounds like it's going to be a pretty a pretty sweet deal for you to get back involved in in the college basketball scene. So Big Ten Network, is that, is that, what are we, what are we going to be doing here? Talk us through this one. Yeah, so I'm going to be an analyst for the Big Ten Network. Uh, I'll have some games that I get to call. Uh, I'll be in studio and I'll be able to kind of break down some games in studio as well. So a little bit of both that I'll have to do. Uh, really a great opportunity for me and an opportunity to kind of put my foot in the door on that side of it. For me, my biggest thing and I'll, you know, with anything I've done is you just always, you're available. Uh, so for me, my answer has always been yes. And it's funny that you talk about uh, the herd and coaching last year. They asked if I do the uh, analysis for that during their games as well. And I said, yeah, as long as it doesn't uh, you know, interfere with the uh, Big Ten stuff that I'm doing, let's do it. So 
I'll be calling some G League games on uh, on YouTube and, and all the uh, different um, outlets that they have. I'll be doing the Big Ten Network. I got a couple of uh, I got an Indiana basketball game, so we'll be able to see some future um, NBA players there as they've got a McDonald's All American. Uh, got an Ohio State game, who's a talented young team, uh, and we'll see what kind of expectations they can live up to. I've got a really good Illinois team with a lot of uh, NBA talent there as well. Uh, and then I've got two Wisconsin games. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but excited for that. Um, and excited to break down the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I was able to play at Wisconsin for four years and, you know, won a couple of Big Ten championships and some Big Ten tournaments and get playing the NCAA tournament. So it'll be exciting to, uh, you know, regroup. I've actually done some work and uh, reached out to some of these uh, sports information directors and, They've come back to me with, yeah, it's good that you're coming back and not playing. So that's been fun. It's been a nice compliment. Okay, so you touched on the studio stuff. So where, I mean, you're not going to have to, you're not moving or anything? Like where, where, is, the, where is the studio based? How's, how's this going to work out? Obviously, you touched on, on the games that you'll be covering, but, but what does this mean for you personally? Yeah, you know, a, a little bit more travel. Uh, the studio's down in Chicago. So for where I live, it's only about three hours away. So I can drive there, still get back uh, at nighttime if I want. Otherwise, I'll just get a hotel room, one of those things. Um, as far as the games, a little bit more travel because I'll have to get there the night before. I uh, want to you know, break down, uh, shoot arounds, talk to coaches, talk to players, all that stuff before the game. And then depending on the game, we'll see when I can get out and get back home. But, um, you know, for me, it's, it's less travel than it was when I was playing. Um, yeah. And I still get to be a part of something that I love to do. For me, the media, it, when you're able to – you know, break down a game. The exciting part of that is you still get to teach, which I loved with when I was with the herd. Uh, you still get to, you know, more than anything, explain the game, and then you get to bring your energy. And that's one thing that I love to do. Uh, you know, I love, uh, I love the game of basketball. And as soon as you start getting me talking about it, you'll hear it. And I think that's the one thing that's intriguing. But for me, again, you get to teach. Uh, as a coach, I got to ta- teach. But uh, now I get to teach kind of the, the common fans some of the above things of the game. And that's what I'm looking forward to most. All right. So you t- that's, that's interesting because that's where I wanted to head next. You, you touched on the teaching aspect of that. And I know we, we spoke multiple times through uh, last year's season. And, and clearly it was a difficult year for the herd. And, um, you know, the couple of games. Hey, that you're I was- not supposed to laugh. There's a reason I'm not <laughs> coaching anymore. What the heck? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to get to because I know, like I said, we spoke about this a couple of times, but, but as a coach and, and, you know, you still get to work with a, with a bunch of developing players there. And I think that's the interesting thing about the G League is that in a lot of respects, these teams may have really good players, but for the individual, the idea is not to stay in the G League and it's to move up to the NBA and it's become a legitimate path so when you are coaching a team like that and and the Bucks were were playing so well last year and you got to see firsthand some some guy I know DJ Wilson played a couple games Dante certainly played in the, in the Vegas showcase I know he was back there a little bit even Sterling Brown earlier in the season I mean what I mean how unique is coaching in the G League and and when you look back and that experience what what did you sort of take from that well, for me, I was able to play in it. So I kind of knew what the league was all about, right? You got to control egos. You've got to be able to manage young men. I think so much of it is you have a connection with them. And, and people worry about wins and losses a lot. Uh, but for me, when you're in that league, you can't necessarily worry about the wins and losses. There's a reason that these guys are in the G League. Let's be honest. I want to clarify that, right? There's a reason. 
whether it's just some of them just aren't good enough to be in the NBA. Some of them have um, they, 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 the way that they look at the game, their basketball IQ might be a little bit low. So that's where you've got to try to, you know, figure that out, help them grow their game that way. Some of them have some baggage. Uh, some of them have something for whatever reason it might be that that's why they're not in the NBA. They've got the skill set, they've got the IQ, but they've got some baggage. You've got to try to control some of that as well because, listen, we all know the way NBA front offices work. Uh, or if we don't, I'll, I'll let you in a little bit, right? They're looking for those stars. They're, they're looking for those diamonds in the roughs. And all you have to do is look at number 34 for the Bucks. That's a gamble. That's exactly what Giannis was when he was drafted. He was a gamble. You didn't know what exactly to expect with him, but if he hit, you were going to have a job for a very, very long time, and you were going to look very, very smart. And if you didn't have a job with the Bucks, you were going to find another job very, very quickly. That's what NBA front offices do. So when they're able to find a guy that might have potential, but maybe they've got some baggage, Listen, go to the G League. Let's see if we can figure that out. Because if you can come back and help our team at some point, it's going to make us look really, really good. So you've got all of those layers there, Kane. And, and, and those layers make coaching so unique there because it's not just about winning the games, right? Did any of the stuff that I say relate to winning games yet and putting a system in play? No, you've got to deal with all of those things first. And then you've got to try to put in the system that the Bucks are running with players that might not necessarily fit the system. And then you got to try to find out a way to win games. So you've got a lot of different moving pieces when it comes to the minor leagues. But that's why I love the minor leagues, because it's one of those things where you can get guys and you can, you can change them. You can affect their lives the most. You can really change these guys' habits, and you can see them grow and develop. And a guy like that, right, Christian Wood, spent a whole bunch of time with those guys that heard last year. He was – possibly out of the league, back and forth, a super talented guy. All of a sudden, what does he do? He takes a roster spot and he's on the Detroit Pistons. So that's the, the big picture of what the G League is. Okay, so that's it. I was literally just about to mention Christian Wood just because I, I know how much time you spent on the sidelines watching him last year. I know we spoke about him a, a lot through the year. This was a guy that put up monster numbers in the G League. But again, when you talk about translating those skills to the NBA, and not just his individual skills, but the, the scheme and, and what the Bucks were trying to run at the, at the NBA level, the way Christian Wood was playing, certainly from the way that I saw, I mean, he was really dominating the ball, almost as a, playing a lot of the time almost as a point forward, point center, whatever you want to call that, which was never what he was going to do at the NBA level. That's not what Bud was looking for at the G League level. So how did you balance or, or what was the balance like with Christian Wood with, between saying, okay, well, clearly if we put the ball in his hands, you're going to give yourself the best chance to win at G League level. Maybe this isn't exactly what's going to get him to the NBA though. But again, as you mentioned, he puts up those huge numbers. Now he's playing uh, you know, not huge minutes for the Pistons, but he is playing minutes and putting up some some nice numbers when he gets time on the floor with the Pistons. So how was that? balance with with you guys and the coaching staffs and those uh conversations with, with christian wood last year through the season yeah you know that's where being an assistant coach versus a head coach is different right now our head coach was able to have interaction with the bucks um coaching staff as assistant coaches we didn't have a whole lot um so that's where we're trying to figure out how do we win games 
And then there might be something where our head coach and the Bucks are saying, we want him to do this. So that balance is really, really tough. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, and that's where we've got to rely on our head coach to make sure that he's putting, you know, everyone in the positions that they need to be put into to have success. And I think, you know, that was the, the balance there that uh, Coach Jordan Brady was trying to figure out. How much do we rely on Christian? How much do we play within the offense? Um, and I think, you know, when you look at this Herds, Herds team, they've got more shooting, which in Bud's offense, that's what you need. And I think they just got better players. I'll be honest with you. Their two ways are better. Their, um, you know, affiliate players are better. So I think the Herd are going to be better this year, which in the end is going to translate a little bit more, you know, to like Frank Mason, maybe getting some more minutes in Milwaukee because there's going to be a little bit more uh, of a trust, right? Trayvon Duvall was probably not going to play a whole lot for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bonzi Colson probably wasn't going to play a whole lot for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, good good guys in our league, but that's where, I, you know, when I talk about, okay, what can they do for the Milwaukee Bucks? How can they grow? How they can they develop? You know, that was trying to fit some guys into a system that probably just weren't going to walk, you know, work in Milwaukee with the talent that they have because you're seeing it now on that Milwaukee team. D.J. Wilson isn't getting a lot of run. Sterling Brown isn't getting a lot of run. There's not a lot of minutes up there. There's some really, really good players. So how do you continue to to make sure that the guys like a Frank Mason, uh, like a Cam Reynolds, are going to be able to still grow in the G League as a two-way player? But then when time is called and they are needed, whether it's injuries or just, uh, you know, maintenance day, uh, they're able to go in there and perform at the level they're going to play for. You know, that's, that's the challenge that Chase Buford is going to have this year. You know what my favorite part about this time of year is? Sweater weather. Leaves on the ground and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. And for me, it's actually summer, so just ignore this. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, then try parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win. You get paid. Yeah, certainly Frank Mason. I think that's a good point because this is a guy that has played a bunch of NBA basketball over the last couple of seasons. So now, as you sort of pointed to, there's some guys on the Bucks roster that are not getting minutes that certainly last year uh, played a lot. And now it's only, it's only very early, but... It's going to be interesting to watch with a guy like Mason. I would expect that he's going to have a pretty good season down there. And a point that I made on the on the podcast yesterday was that at times, particularly against the Celtics when the offense was really stuck in mud, I was wondering whether the Bucks needed another guy that can make some plays off the dribble. So, yeah, Frank Mason's going to be an interesting guy to watch as a, as a two-way guy with the herd. And again, as I said, someone that's played a lot in the NBA. But onto the Bucks. And two and two to start the season. I've pretty much rambled on about all my 
early season thoughts on the on the Bucks to this point. But when you look at this team at the moment and in stretches, they've looked as good as what we think they're going to be or what we thought they were going to be. But in others, they've looked terrible. The offense hasn't been able to score. The defense hasn't been able to stop the opposition and they've given up big leads. So if you're looking at this Bucks team right now, are you more concerned about the defense or the offense keeping in mind that it's, it has only been four games. Yeah, no, it's defensively, right? Like offensively, I'm not worried about them making shots, missing shots. I'm really not worried about it defensively either. Uh, it's early on. I, listen, between us right now, I really don't care what they do in the regular season. <laughs> like I, I, I've said this before. I might have been one of the only people to say this. Kane, I think I told you this. If not, I know I told Dario Melendez this. Um, and I don't know if I said it public, but I, I did. I said on our morning show that I do. I did not think this Bucks team was going to win a championship. I did not think this Bucks team was challenged enough. I didn't feel like this Bucks team had enough adversity to, to get through a tough time. The NBA, I've said this numerous times, but the NBA does not hand out championships. It's not, it's not the way that works. You know, think about all the struggles Jordan had against, you know, the Pistons and so forth. Like, the NBA doesn't say, you know what, this is your first go around here, take an NBA championship. It just doesn't do that. It doesn't work like that. There needs to be some pain. There needs to be some struggles. There needs to be some, grow- some growth. Well, they had that. They had that. And I think that's the thing that um, you know, made them really, really good. Yeah, no question. And that was one of the things that I, I touched on when I, I was talking with Justin Garcia uh, after the game. He mentioned that, uh, or, or asked me whether I, my preseason expectations had changed at all. And I said, no. And I'm also don't think it's a bad thing that they are going to have to look at this team early in the season and say, okay, well, yeah, teams have watched the way we played for the whole last season. We came into the year last year with no one really, no one really being sure how we we're going to play, what we were going to do, how many threes we were going to shoot, the type of defense we were going to play. Now teams have had all summer to look at this and have had plenty of time to sit back and say, okay, this is what the Bucs are going to do. This is how we're going to counter that. And now the Bucs need to make some adjustments, which uh, as you, you touched on, they didn't have to do at all last year. So if anything, the fact that to me, the fact that they've still at times for not full quarters, but for half the games look like they can completely destroy teams. This team still got that, that caliber play in them. It's just a matter of, Okay, that's that. We need to figure out some different things, some adjustments. And this has been a criticism of Bud over the years, not just last year, that he hasn't been a great in-game adjustment coach. So I think this is a great thing to see in October. It's certainly a lot better than in April or May. Yeah, no question. Well, obviously, I must have been wrong because my dog disagreed with me uh, early. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I, I think struggles here this time of year are a very, very good thing. You saw those Bucks team. They didn't lose four in a row until what time? May. Like, that's not a good thing. Like, because like, when you lose four in a row in May, it means your season's over with. It means all the hope and all the, the joy that you thought you were going to have in June didn't happen. So, for me, I, like you said, I, I think they're fine. I really, truly do. I'm not worried at all about it. Defensively, are they playing at the level that they were playing at last year? No, they're not. Does there need to be a little bit more focus? Yeah, I would say there needs to be a little bit more focus. I would say that they need to lock up a little bit. Here's the thing, though. Last year, there was a common goal. You were in that locker room. You knew what it was. There was focus night in and night out. They wanted to be the best team. They wanted everybody to know. 
it's tough to be able to have that same focus the next year. And I, I'm, I'm just going off a hunch here, but I don't think it's the same focus. They, they can talk that it's the same focus, but it's different, especially early on. It's different. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I again, uh, I mean, I would like to disagree with you a little bit here, and I, I hope it happens through the rest of this episode. But uh, I, I agree. As I said, I mean, they're going to come out and say all the right things, but the question will be. Uh, you know, putting it on the floor. And to this point, they haven't. And they would be sitting there and looking at May and thinking, geez, those conference finals that we worked hard for last year, remember how long that regular season was? That was a long, long season. And we have to go through all that again. And last year, we were bull out of gate right, right from the start. We went through the whole season. We beat everyone. We destroyed everyone. And it didn't really result in what we wanted. So... Let's take care of business. Let's win the games we need to. And clearly, that's been a little bit of an issue so far, the focus, as you said. But yeah, again, I don't think it's a huge, huge problem for a really good team. And this is a really good team to have some early season struggles. But I want to talk about some of the other NBA stuff. And I've got a, I've got a take on this, this NBA fight we saw yesterday. But as a former player, as a big man, what did you think about that fight that you saw yesterday? Hey, I was all for it. Um, I, I think it happens, right? Like, and for me, I think Joel Embiid, yeah, he's in. He he wants to do that. He wants to push buttons. Um, but if you if you can't, you can't fall for it. Like he went right at him, and, and I know both guys got uh, suspended on it and, and ejected. But I, like, you got to be smarter than that because that's exactly what Embiid does. And I think um, if we're gonna just be honest, Embiid is a better player than than cat like it just it is and uh, i think that is how that played out but if someone's going to come at you you got to be ready and and especially it, it's surprising that it happened to be honest because at this time in it you know at this time in the nba at this generation of the nba it, it the physicality has dropped dramatically uh even from when i played in the in the d league uh to now coaching in the g league the last two years the uh, the freedom of movement has been the word that you hear over and over and over again. And I think it's been one of those things that it has, um, you know, affected the physicality of the game and what you really can do. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting because, you know, the, this, this all happened and I saw it uh, kick off on Twitter and everyone was excited. I was seeing all this stuff about the fight and this is a huge event that you really can't miss. And when I, I was too distracted by the Bucks game, so I didn't really bother with this until to, to really watch the whole thing until after. But, and I'm not saying that I'm not a guy. I mean, you've seen me. I'm not a big guy. I'm like, what? I'm like 5'11". I would like to say I'm six foot just for, just to put that on the record, but I know someone would fact check that. And I, I'm not going to let you put it on the record, all right? I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. Okay. So I'm not six foot. All right, that's clear. Everyone knows that. I don't know what I would be in pounds. I don't know how to work out that, that stuff you figure out. Probably 175, 180. Does that sound about right? Uh, not a good day. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, there you go. So <laughs> now, now everyone knows how big or not big I am. But yeah, I enjoy a scrap. I enjoy watching a scrap, okay? That's the point I'm trying to get at. I really enjoy that. I was fired up to watch this fight yesterday. And in the end, I didn't even feel that comfortable about calling it a fight. Like, I know there were some photos that Embiid had his finger in Kat's eye. But I don't know. I mean, they were kind of just wrestling. It sort of reminded me of, 
if you're at a wedding and two drunk guys are like, like they're half dancing, half wrestling on the dance floor. And then eventually they just fall over. And then one of them thinks he's a better fighter. So he gets up and starts doing some like shadow boxing, like Embiid was, but there were no punches thrown. So I didn't really know. I mean, I didn't even know if I can call that a fight. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And like you had, um, uh, Simmons trying to like, you know, put this choke hold on him. And, you know, it wasn't a fight. Like it truly wasn't. It's, Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so two games each. That came out this morning. They've both been yeah. suspended for two games, which actually uh, is not a bad result for the Bucks because the second game of that suspension for Towns will come against Milwaukee, uh, that, that game coming up uh, after the Bucks get through the Magic and, and the Raptors. So, yeah, I mean, not a bad outcome from the wrestle for Milwaukee. They get uh, a Minnesota team without Towns, and we already know that they're going to see the Clippers next week without Paul George as well. So maybe while the Bucks are starting to figure some of these things out, that's, that's not the worst thing. But the other big news was, and there were sort of two bits of news from, from this game. There's the Warriors and the Suns. And first of all, it was the Warriors just getting absolutely obliterated by uh, the Suns. And this is not anything new for Golden State early in the season. We've seen them struggle. But the other bit of news was my, uh, my fellow countrymen, Aaron Baines trying to take a, a charge and then crushing Steph Curry's hand, which if the season wasn't already over for the Warriors, I mean, they're looking at a, a, a nice little high draft pick now, I would imagine. See, that's where I disagree. I, I mean, I, I get where you're at, um, but I think I have personally, I have too much respect for Steve Kerr. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, you still look at the spacing, um, and what they're able to do. I don't think it's going to be a high draft pick. They're going to be in play. It's not going to be a top one or two or three like they've always been used to, but they'll be fighting for for a playoff spot. Mark my words on that, Kane. I'm not going to agree with you on that. I I think they'll still be fighting for a playoff spot. I couldn't – I honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad that you said that because I said I wanted to disagree with you and I couldn't disagree anymore with that. I think that – I think that they're – depending – and first of all, it depends how how much time Steph does miss, but – well, so uh, now you're now you're adding it depends on something. Okay. Well, no, I'm not. I mean, you're telling me that I might have a right. That I might be right then. No, no. Okay, all right. Let's put this on the record then. Uh, Brian Butch thinks that no matter you know, even though Clay Thompson is not going to play this season, even though Steph Curry just broke his hand and may miss six to eight weeks, just gonna. I mean, that's going to take him right through maybe to the new year. Brian Butch thinks the Warriors are still going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to get. So a they're going to be pick. fighting for the. Now don't put words in my mouth, Ken. <laughs> All right, I said they'd be fighting for it. So they'll be in that 8, 9, 10, you know, 7, right. 8, 9, 10, fighting for a playoff position in the, at the, you know, at the end of the season in April. I, I'm, I'm, I'll, yes. Okay. Well, I'm saying top 10 pick. They're going to get a top 10 pick. Uh, well, they'll, they'll be in the, in the top 10 position before the lottery. Obviously, you don't know what could happen there. But that's what I, I think. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to see anyone get injured, clearly. And it, it sucks that Steph is injured because he's a really fun player to play. It sucks that Clay Thompson is injured. But to me, it doesn't suck that the Warriors are going to get beaten down on the regular in their brand new arena in San Francisco. I'm not really upset about that. Yeah, no, I think it's a shame. Listen, I, the fact that you're not upset, like when you lose, when you lose a really good player, when the NBA loses a good player to injury, you have to be upset, right? Kevin Durant goes down, you're upset about that. You want to see the best players out there. Oh, I That's do, but, but they were losing anyway. That's the point. I mean, they gave up 43 points in the first quarter to the Suns, even with Steph. 
if you want to talk about them losing, then let's talk about the Bucks being two and two. Oh my goodness, <laughs> they might not make the playoffs. The Bucks will be fine. That will be the We're four games into the season. They'll be a top two seed in the in the East. Yes, they will be. And the the Golden State Warriors would have been just fine. Yeah, we we disagree, which is which is good. I'm 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 happy about that. But let's see if we can disagree about a couple of the other teams in the East then, because I want to run through some of the other teams, and one of them in particular that the the Bucks are going to see uh, over the weekend. They'll, they'll play Orlando on, and this is something I always struggle with my days. So Orlando is going to be Friday night, and then they are going to get the Raptors on Saturday. So back to back there, Toronto are four and one at the moment. So. They're playing really good basketball, and it's on the back of Pascal Siakam. And I think when everyone looked at this Toronto team, uh, and certainly me as well, I mean, this is even if you thought that Siakam was going to take a step up. Uh, I probably didn't think it was going to be this great a step. And, and to be honest, at this point, the way he's playing, the way he's shooting the ball, the way his ability to defend, his ability to score in transition... And now he's extended his offense from not just being a, a corner three shooter, he's hitting some above-the-break threes as well. And Toronto is playing some good ball to start the season. Are they a real threat or not? Yeah, I think they are. I really do. I think, obviously, they've, they've got a, the championship pedigree, right? They've got the championship belt. That's part of it. But I think Siakam's a young, uh, a young Giannis type, right? Where you, you see the development, you see the growth, you see how they've continued to go about that and continue to build it. Yeah, so I, it's, it's been a, a later development for, for Pascal Siakam. Um, clearly, he actually, it would, which is kind of the, the strange thing when, when you look at him, but he's actually not that, I'm just getting it up right now, which again, I know you're not supposed to do when, when you're on or I'm not supposed to admit that. But yes, yeah, Siakam already 25. So the strange thing about him is though, even though he's just come on the scene and you're seeing this rapid development now, he actually is older than Giannis, which is kind of, kind of crazy to think about. But to this point, uh, Siakam is putting up 28 points per game, 9.2 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and he's hitting 44% from three. So he is... He is looking like the, the real package for the Raptors and with a, a roster that lost Kawhi, obviously, but also Danny Green um, yeah, and a bunch of veterans on that team. If they are going to go the distance and, and be a team that's going to contend in, in the playoffs in the East, it's probably going to be heavily uh, riding on, on the back of him because um, you know, Marcus Gasol's looking a year older, as you, as you would expect. He, he hasn't had a great start to the season. Kyle Lowry is obviously well into his 30s, so... A big part of me thinking the Raptors would slide would would see those veterans have their one last hurrah last year and now really start to see decline. But they've they've started pretty well. Yeah, and I think when you look at that in general, right? They've won. They know that there's, but they've also got something to prove because they've won it. And every everybody said the only reason that they won it is because of Kawhi. Well, listen, they they've got something to prove themselves. And to me, I think anytime you give a group uh, a reason, whatever that reason might be. Anytime you give a group a reason, they're way more dangerous. Yeah, and, and look, Nick Nurse, obviously coming off the, the off-season coaching team, Canada, who had a, a, a pretty disappointing um, uh, World Cup, uh, I feel like, along with the USA, by the way, who, uh, you know, I don't know if we've spoke about that, but that was a, that was a pretty pathetic performance, including a loss to Australia. But uh, I want to just touch on, we, we can, unless you've got anything else you want to throw in at the end, I, I do want to look at this weekend for the Bucks because I have already touched on the Raptors who, you know, really 
the reality is when you're coming off a, a back-to-back like that um, where you have to travel down to Florida, we know they were in Boston. It's not quite the dreaded trip that they had last season where they went from Boston straight down to Miami and arrived at 5 a.m. They have got a day in the sun today being Thursday where they can they can relax a little bit, rejuvenate and get ready for this next back-to-back. But it's still from Florida back up to, to Milwaukee to play a Raptors team on, on the second day of a back-to-back. It's tough. So that might make this Orlando game a, a critical one for the Bucs to win if they want to ensure that they, uh, they don't have the worst possible result. And and find themselves uh, two and four after the weekend. What are you looking for from this from this Orlando game, a team that has struggled out of the gate and really struggled to score? Yeah, you know, I think it's very simple. Let's see what they do defensively. I think to to be completely honest, I think that's that's what I'm going to lock in on. I'm not worried about makes or misses. I'm more focused on okay, can this team defend? Right. I, I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen so far. I think that's the biggest thing that has been a struggle with this team is their ability to defend. Um, I think when you look at what they did in the second half, you know, the Bucks show that they can defend. In the first quarter against the Celtics, they gave up 19 points. In the third and fourth quarter, they gave up 38 and 36. I mean, that just isn't going to cut it. Um, so it's, for me, that's what I'm going to look at. Because whether you want to talk about the back-to-backs and all those other things, in the end, defense comes to effort and energy. And are they going to be able to defend at a high level with good effort and good energy? Yeah, well, as, as, as I sort of mentioned over the last couple of days, coming into the Boston game and then after the Boston game, that Celtics team had not performed well offensively. And in the second half, uh, they really looked like the prime Golden State Warriors shooting all those three. So now the Bucs get another chance to match up against a team that if you're looking to get back in rhythm defensively, there's really no other team you want to play other than the Orlando Magic. They're ranked 29th in offensive efficiency through the first week and a half of the season. So, you know, if if those concerns defensively for the Bucks continue, um, that's gonna that that will start to become okay. Well, now now this really needs to be something they need to look at. They obviously the number one ranked defense last year. The Bucks off to a slow start, uh, but they'll get a chance to to bounce back against the Magic on the road, but. Uh, what else you got? You got any anything else you just want to throw out there before we wrap this thing up? Well, I think when you look at it this way, more than anything, I think this Bucks team is, is really, really good. Um, I think they're going to come out of the East. I think they're going to face a team. And I, I don't, to be honest, know who's coming out of the West. There's too many teams out there. Um, I think the additions of Robin Lopez are going to you know, come in handy. Not now, but when they play the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's where that addition comes up. I think Kyle Korver gives you a good thing. I think Wesley Matthew gives you a little grit. Um, so I think the additions that they've had, you know, we're used to watching a Bucks team, if you're a Bucks fan, that relies on some youth. I don't think you're going to see that a lot this year. I don't think you're going to see Sterling Brown. I don't think you're going to see DJ Wilson. I don't think the, the, you know, seeing those younger guys develop, that's not this time anymore. That time as a Bucks fan has gone. It's time to win now. And that's why I think you've seen Urson get a lot of minutes early on in, in the season. I think you've seen a lot of more older guys get more minutes um, because bottom line is it's, it's time to win now. There are no excuses. You've had uh, the opportunities and you don't get that many more opportunities. And it's not – the time isn't to win now because Giannis and the deal, like that can stop. That, that's, not a, that's not why you need to win now. 
you need to win now because you have a good enough team to win now. You have an opportunity to win now. You need to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I think that's some, some, sometimes something that's sort of lost um, in the in the whole big news story with the Giannis is that, yeah, the Bucks want to win because they want to sign Giannis this summer and extend their window for as long as he stays in Milwaukee. But also, the team's just really good. <laughs> and last year, no matter how, how you look at it, it, when you look at how things panned out in the finals and and yeah, there was some injury luck for the Raptors that, that maybe if guys didn't get injured, they might not have won those games. But uh, that was a, a, something that the Raptors took advantage of and it was a missed opportunity for the Bucks. So I think the storyline with the younger guys is going to be something to watch through the season with the performance of the veterans. But I will say that today's episode was brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at the checkout. And Brian, I, I, I think I plugged most things, but I, I didn't plug your radio show with the score Wisconsin, the morning show. I did that with you a couple of times, so I should remember. But what is that, 6 to 8? 6 to 8, yeah, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on the scorewi.com. You can find it. Uh, it, it's a, we talk a little bit of everything Wisconsin sports. We'll talk college basketball. We'll talk bucks. We'll talk Packers, obviously, since it's Packer country and a little bit of, of everything else as well. Yeah, it's a, I can, I mean, I, I'm not sure whether it's a smart decision by you guys to, to get me on every now and then, but uh, I have jumped on and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but along with the score and the morning show, like I said, big 10 network, Brian's going to be on there. I don't know if I, I didn't know about the herd stuff. So he's revealed he's going to be doing some, some herd analysis this year. And just in general, uh, plenty of, plenty of bucks talk from, from Brian, but I'm going to try and hustle you through the season to get you on every now and then. But uh, this is a little bit of a late call up again. I feel like um, um, I need to, maybe I need to get more organized with this, but uh, thanks for, thanks for taking the, the late call and jumping on with me. Hey, no, I appreciate it. Anytime, Ken, you know that you're great at what you do. You're great on the insight. You've, You've lived it, you've grown it, your hustle's uh, fantastic. I absolutely love it. And um, like I said, the knowledge you bring is, is great. Uh, I enjoy the listen. Wow, I appreciate that. You're far too kind. But we will leave it there for today. The Bucks are going to be on the road in Orlando tomorrow, or today probably when you're listening to this, 6 p.m. The Bucks against the Magic. Milwaukee looking to avoid losing back-to-back games for the first time this season and move back above 500. But... For Brian Butch and myself, Kane Pittman, I'll speak to you guys tomorrow.